Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together to fellowship, to worship you, Father. We thank you for your word. We pray that it will go forth and it will not return void. And we just give you praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. I, um, it's, it's a tough joke, so y'all just y'all laugh anyway. How about that? <clears throat> so it was four or five um, business guys standing on the side of the street, and they were all stockbrokers and bankers and big dogs and business guys, and they were all dressed real sharp. And this little boy with this little grungy dog walks by and says, um, what are y'all? And they all, you know, well, we're businessmen. We, we buy and sell stuff really expensive. And the boy said, oh, really? I do too. He said, what do you have that's expensive? You need a little scrunchy little dog? And he said, oh, that's a $10,000 dog. And the guy said, really, that's a $10,000 dog? The little boy said, yeah, that's a $10,000 dog. So they're going about their business when the little boy comes back by the next day and doesn't have the dog. And the guy said, hey, where's the dog? He said, oh, I sold him. He said, you sold your dog? He said, yeah, for $10,000? He said, well, I actually didn't sell, sell him. I traded him. So you traded your $10,000 dog? He said, yep, for two $5,000 cats. <clears throat> Sometimes it's the value of the beholder, right? All right, so we, we talked about um, being a generous giver last week, right? And, and we talked about what the word generous means, right? We, we, and then not everybody was here, and, and maybe you're watching it or not watching it. So, so someone who is generous is a person showing a readiness to give more, right? That's what we talked about. And we talked about <clears throat> um, some personal experience and some Cal and Lacey, and we talked about some scripture, right? But, but the idea of being generous is something that is tied to the Christian faith. It, 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 even back to, like when King David, right? King David said, I was young, and so it's like Psalms 37, 25 maybe. King David said, I was young once, and now I'm old, but I've never seen the children of God beg bread, right? And the reason that was is because if you were in a bad position and you were inside of the, the, the children of God, the people around you stood up and took care of you. See, look at there. 3725, I even got it right. So if you, were, if you were hurting or if you were in a bad way or something was going wrong, right, if you're inside the, the, the family of God, right, the, the family of God showed up and gave. And we still do, right? I mean, that's our goal as is, is the children of God. I mean, our church tithes on the money that we take in, and we, we, we sow into ministries and into communities and into all kinds of stuff, right? Right, because we want to be generous, <clears throat> so if you will, I'm going to go back in the scripture, um, the gospel according to Luke, um, chapter 6, well I've got too many notes, chapter 6, and, and we're going to start with, um, I will start with 37 just to where we get the full, the full understanding of what Jesus is saying, so Luke 6, 37, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Verse 38, give, and it will be given unto you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, when he says the measure that you use will be measured back to you, I don't necessarily think that's just the money part, right? 
is judge and you won't be judged. Con don't condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven, right? And so we give all of that stuff out. And the measure that we use, the measure of grace, the measure of love, the measure of kindness, the measure of generosity that we use will be pressed down, shaken together and running over, comes back to us, right? And we, like I said last week, this sermon always seems to turn out to money, but, it, but it's not money. Money is the easiest, most tangible thing to understand. But value is value, right? If you've got a $10,000 dog and you can trade him for two $5,000 cats, I mean, you're getting the value for value, right? It's to understanding what's valuable. <clears throat> so when we give and give generously, it is not... Let's go to another, let's go to another thing. Uh, uh, Matthew, because I, I, it, it, a lot of times, right, we get tangled up in the money... And then when we get to the money, well, I got it in Mark, and I got it in Matthew. We'll talk about Mark. Um, Mark's fine. Uh, Mark, the gospel according to Mark, uh, verse 12. I mean, chapter 12, verse 41. Because when we talk about money, and I'm going to read this in just a second. But when we talk about money, we always talk about big money, right? Big money matters, right? That, that's what we're concerned over. So here, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were being put in and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. And many rich people threw in large amounts, probably because Jesus was watching, right? We, we, we rolling heavy. We throw in big money. And a poor widow came in and gave two very small copper coins, only worth a, four, uh, a few cents. Um, according to my research, which, you know, this Google, and, and it could be right or wrong because Google's right and wrong on lots of stuff. It's about a quarter of a penny. Each one of these two coins are about worth a quarter of a penny. Now, today, it's about a quarter of a penny. So she threw in about a half a penny. And calling to his disciples, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more into the treasury than all the others. For they gave out of their wealth what she gave out of her poverty and put in everything she had to live on. So it's not... When we're talking about being generous, it does not have to be a large sum for God to understand, right? And then, and, you know, look, <clears throat> not everybody has, right? I mean, in the world, thousands or hundreds or millions or whatever. I mean, no, nobody does. But it, it, it's, it's a word I like to use in my business, right? It's called economy to scale. Do you all know what economy to scale is? It, 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 little economy Big economy. So, so let's say you make $10,000 a year and you give away 50 bucks, economy to scale. That same person, you know, $100,000 a year, that's more like $5,000, right? It, it changes with the value of what the big number is, right? I hope my math is right. Might be 500. Anyway, you understand, right? The, the economy of scale is, so when you give what you're supposed to give, According to how you, we read the scripture last week, it says to give what was in their heart, right? It, it, it's to give what's appropriate for you. Not everybody's gift is the same. I mean, here those people are in, in this scripture where Jesus was watching them, throwing in big money, and it didn't even raise his eyebrow. He could care less about the value. He could care less about how it matters, right, to them. He, he wants it to well, David said, I don't want to give God anything that doesn't cost me something, right? So he was more concerned on what, it, what value was to them. 
because those couple copper coins to her meant a lot. And the money that they were throwing in was not, did not mean a lot. They were showing off. They were trying to be something they weren't, right? So when we give and we give generously, it's got to be determined in our heart what's appropriate. And, and sometimes that's tough. And, and, and I, I was going to say I fight it all the time, but I don't fight it. But sometimes I see folks and I'm like, all right, God, I want to be led. I want to give where I'm supposed to give. I want to do what I'm supposed to do. I want to be the person that I'm supposed to be. But it just don't feel good. It just, something ain't right. It just ain't. I mean, y'all, y'all ever had that experience where you see somebody on maybe a side of the road or a piece of poster or, or whatever, and you're like, man, I want to be. I want to be a giver. I want to be giving, and it'll be given back to me. But it just don't, it just ain't right. And then other times I see situations, right? And, and I don't have a hesitation in the world. Instantly, I know you're supposed to help. You're supposed to do this, this, and this. Bam, done. And it's, it's our roadmap, right? I mean, Romans says that the children of God are led by the Spirit of God, right? So we're supposed to be, go out in our daily lives being led by the Spirit of God. Now, when we are led by the Spirit of God to be generous and to give generously... And we don't, that hurts. That hurts. It, it, <laughs> I've had a couple times where I knew I was supposed to do something and I didn't do it. And I can probably regret those way more than I've ever regretted giving anything. Ever. Ever. I regret those much, 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 much more. Because you want to be the person that you're supposed to be. You want to be... The giver that God gave us, and right, he says he gives seed to the sower. So I want to have seed. I want to be able to sow and then sow again and then sow again. And where Jesus says, press down, shaking together, will men give into your bosom? I want that, right? I want to be able to receive. And, it, and it's really hard. It's really hard for me, right? It's really hard for me for people to give me something. Because I want to be the giver. I don't want to be the given, or however that works out in English. I don't know how, but... I don't, it's hard to receive it sometimes. And, and just like the story I told y'all last week about the family dollar, I get back to the same thing. What the little cashier said, right? You're going to stop their blessing. So we know that we are blessed because we give. So when we work hard to give, so when other folks work hard to give and to give into us, we should be able to receive it and understand that it's a blessing from God, right? That's tough. All right. <clears throat> Luke, I'm, I'm, I'm gospel to gospel today, and then we will get out of that in just a minute. So the gospel according to Luke, chapter 11, and um, verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be open. Uh, verse 11 is really the one. Which of your fathers, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, you'll give him a scorpion. If then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give to the the Holy Spirit to those who have asked him. So when we talk about 
giving and receiving, right? We always have that opinion that the world ain't don't owe me nothing. Nobody's going to give you nothing. I mean, I know you heard it. But that's not biblical. Now, to contradict that just a little bit, Paul said multiple times, if you don't work, you don't eat. So you can't just sit on your brothers and, and expect people to give you everything that you have, right? And Paul, I mean, Paul blatantly said, if you don't work, you don't eat. But when we give, we give good gifts, right? And then God gives us good gifts. Now, sometimes it's money, sometimes it's time, sometimes it's affirmation, sometimes it's respect, sometimes it's fellowship, sometimes it's just time. It's time. It's time with somebody to be able to just spend time with them. <clears throat> the, the older my kids get, the more I am more... Res <laughs> I'm getting old. The more, that's what I really remember is I'm getting old. But the older my kids get, I value more sitting and talking to them and spending time with them than I do most anything else. And I spend more time at things that I never would have believed at, the, at, at ball fields and beta club conventions and God knows what else things. Thank God we don't go to dance recitals anymore. Praise Jesus, we don't go to dance recitals anymore. If you, ain't, if you ain't never lived, boy, until you spent four hours in a dance recital watching somebody else's kid dance, whoo, praise God, I don't do that anymore. But we do it, right? Because that time is valuable with them. And now their time is, is playing ball or, or, or whatever events. And, and the older I get, the more I value that time. Why? Because it's getting more and more scarce. It, that time is valuable, and I want them to know that no matter what, that I was willing to, you know, not go duck hunting or not go wherever that I want to go, that I'm going to go spend time with them. Right? So when you give, it's not necessarily just money. Like I said, I know it's easy to talk about the money, but it's sometimes just respect. Sometimes it's thanks. Right? And when you do that, it is rewarded from God. See, that, that when Jesus said, when you give, it'll be given back to you, it doesn't say, um, it, 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 that's coming from God. Now, he uses people to do it, right? I mean, if God wanted to buy that lady's groceries at the, at the family dollar, I mean, he didn't, you know, manifest himself in the flesh and walk in with, you know, the gold coins that Jesus got out of the fish's mouth or whatever to pay the taxes. I mean, he didn't. He sent somebody to do it. I mean, we are the hand and, hands and feet of Christ. We are about our Father's work, right? That's what we're supposed to do. And so if the, if the job is given, then you show up and do your job. And you fill in the part that you're supposed to fill in. Now that, I mean, and that's the strangers, right? Right. Uh, um, Gospel according to Matthew. I don't know how in the world I thought I was going to preach this last week in one hour. I don't know. I mean, in 30 minutes. I, don't, I mean, I'm still not sure I can get it done in an hour, but I sure don't know what I was thinking last week. So the Gospel according to Matthew, uh, um, chapter 25. We're going to say 35. So Jesus is telling about a, a, a parable of, of, of a guy and a king. And on verse 35, he said, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. And I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. And I was a stranger, and you invited me in. And I was needed clothes, and you clothed me. And I was sick, and you looked after me. And I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Now, when Jesus said all of these things, he's talking to people. Did I give you the wrong scripture? Okay. 
when he, re- when he said all of these things, all of these folks that are standing around him are like, we, we ain't never seen you naked and no clothes or hungry and no food. I mean, we saw you take the, the five loaves and the two fish and feed everybody. I mean, boss, you make food out of nothing. I mean, they didn't understand that. They didn't understand what he was talking about because it is... I mean, can you imagine? I mean, I, I, sometimes people talk in riddles, and it's tough to understand. But as many parables as Jesus taught in and talked about, I'm sure it was confusing to some of these really well-educated fishermen and other folks that had never been to school in their life, right? I mean, I'm sure they struggled with part of this. <clears throat> and so, then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So when you start talking about, well, I don't know if they deserve it or not. Right? Because see, sometimes when you're talking about giving, wait a minute, I, I, let me put, not put y'all in this group. So, so this week, this week, we, we bought a bat at our house this week. And it did not come, it was not an easy transaction, right? We had a disagreement of what bat we were buying. And if y'all buy bats, if any y'all, anybody in here bought bats, I know Sally Lane's bought a couple bats. Yeah, they ain't cheap. They, they cost a lot of money. Well, I mean, not a lot of money, but a lot of money. It is, it's fairly expensive. And so we had a serious disagreement on what bat we were buying in a conversation of what bat we needed. And, and at one point in time, I just said, wait a minute. Is this even worth it? Why are we doing this? Why are we going through this? If we can't agree, why are we going through this transaction? And then I thought about my sermon that I've been working on for the last two weeks and said, wait a minute. Because that's what she wants. And I want to be a good giver. And I want to do it to the least of these. Not that this kid would be the least of these, although she would probably argue that she thinks that she is. Because it's one of them three knuckleheads over there. The one with her head down and not smiling. That one. Oh, there she's smiling. So it, it, it's not until the least of these. But when we do for stuff and when we give, we can't, you can't stand on the outset and try to determine in your head the the thing that's going on behind the scenes or what you think or what you think they deserve because Jesus says that when we do it we do it under any brother and sister right and and, and, and let me tell you the brothers and sisters in Christ that are on this planet are bunches and bunches and even the worst person that you know the atheist the whatever that you can come up with they are seconds away from being adopted into the family of Christ. At any point in time, at any point in time, they can go from being your worst enemy to your brother or sister in Christ in seconds. Seconds. Pray the prayer of faith. Ask Jesus to come into their heart and they join the family. So then, when you talk about doing it to the least of these... We're talking about the body of Christ that is ever-growing, ever-maturing, ever-developing. So when, when, when we give, even if that person's not a Christian, <clears throat> sowing and giving generously, I think, is planting the seeds of love and grace and kindness into them that they might not have ever seen before. 
Way back when, when I did the, the, the youth group, and it was Kirby and Joel and Caleb and all the little yahoos and Shelly and Vicky and I mean, they were all pretty young, right? And, and, and I told Granddaddy when I did the youth group, I have a different approach to the youth group. That I want to bait and save them, right? So that if you deer hunt, you go out there and pile corn up really big and hope that the deer come to eat it when you get there, so you get a chance to kill them, right? But it's all about their belly, right? You want to get their belly. So for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks at, at youth group, man, I cooked some stuff. We could Philly cheesesteaks. I went to the IG and get ribeyes and cut them up and cook Philly cheesesteaks. And I'm going to tell you, if you never had a Philly cheesesteak with a ribeye cut crossways, ooh, you're missing out because that's the way to eat. But I fed those kids the best we could feed them. Because, and we played games and we laughed and we had a good time. Then we talked about Jesus. But the Jesus part to them seemed like secondary. And then y'all might not like the approach. It's okay. But I was baiting them in. I was trying to give them everything they wanted. I wanted to give them somewhere they felt safe, somewhere they could come and eat and laugh and cut up and have a good time. Then we got some Jesus, right? And, we, and, and our church gave generously into that because nobody ever questioned what I was spending a hundred and something dollars a week and feeding little kids about, right? I mean, every week. So think steak and shrimp dinner last night. Every week. Every week we were doing some kind of something, Right? And you know what happened? A lot of those kids and some kids that, I mean, I'm not going to name them, but I had kids that would come to me and go, hey, Mr. Ryan, can I talk to you out here for a second? And then, you know, I, I really want to be saved. Kids that, you know, that just were the fringe kids, not our kids. We were using our kids as bait too, right? So a lot of boyfriends and girlfriends, we got saved in that time frame. They was there for the food and the boyfriend. That's what they were there for. Or the food and the girlfriend. But we baited them in. We gave generously into them. And it led them to Christ. So when we give, it's just another time that we have a chance to show them how Jesus was, right? He didn't sit them down and feed the 5,000 and go, well, I kind of agree with what y'all are doing with, but I don't really appreciate what y'all are doing. So y'all can eat, but y'all can't. Right? He didn't, he didn't segregate out. He gave generously to everybody that was there. It's like last night. If you came here last night and you left hungry, shame on you. It's your fault. I did not leave hungry. I left miserable. And Crystal said, that's not a very good confession. And I'm like, baby, I'm not talking about I'm miserable in life. I'm talking about I am miserable. I cannot lay down, stand up, sit down. I am ruined. I have eaten way too many shrimp and way too much of steak. And I swore I was not going to the dessert table. I am not going to do it. And then I went and got me a little piece of chocolate cake because, man, it was fantastic. Miss Terry did a good job. But if you left here hungry last night, see, that's what God's table looks like. You can have all you want, all you want. But our goal is, is to have from God and give it back into our community, to our brothers and sisters, to do it to the least of those, to the Calvin and Lacey's, to the people who can't help themselves, right? Those are the people that we really should be hunting down and giving into their lives to where they want so bad to know what makes us different. Man, I still ain't going to make it. Um, I, I, I want to show you an example of where God showed up in a bad time and, and, and the lady was obedient, and God rewarded her for it. So 1 Kings chapter 17. <clears throat> uh, so 17, so this is in the middle of the, the drought. Elijah hasn't announced the drought, and it hasn't, um, 
It hasn't rained, and, and everybody's starting to feel the, feel the crunch. And so in verse 7, um, Elijah had been by the brook, right? And the birds had fed him. And in verse 7, sometimes later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And then the word of God came to him. And he got up and he went, right? So he went into this town, uh, verse 10. So he went into whatever town that is. And when he came to the town gate, a, woman was a, wa- a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, and he called and and bring me, please, a piece of bread. Now, this does not seem like a big deal to us. We have never been in a situation where we felt like, well, wait a minute, my generation. This is not a big deal for my generation because there's never been a time in my generation that we felt like we were going to starve to death, right? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know, Miss Elsie, have you ever had a time you felt like you was going to starve to death? Probably way back long, yes, ma'am, y'all lived in some tough times once upon a time. But we don't have that anymore. I mean, we really are so blessed, we just don't even know. <clears throat> Please bring me a piece of bread. Verse 12, as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. It is done. We are at the end of our rope. We have this left. We have no money. We have no means. We have no time. We have nothing. There's no rain. There's nothing. We have nothing. I'm going to make this little piece of bread. We're going to enjoy it today, and then we're going to prepare to die. What a bleak outlook on life. And I don't know how she held it together, (laughs) what he's getting ready to say. And Elijah said to her, do not be afraid. Go home and do as you said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. So if you give me first a little piece of bread... That God will bless you so much that your stuff will not run out until it's fulfilled. That is an amazing statement. But she had to do it, right? She had to be able to have the faith in God to understand that even though I have so little, that if I'm willing to be obedient, and if God asks me to give it away, that I know that he'll be able to give it back to me. Same thing with Abraham and Isaac on the altar. Abraham was so set that he, you want to talk about valuable. How valuable was Isaac to Abraham? That he had waited on this child his whole life. But he was so set that if God needs it, I'm willing to give it away, knowing, pressed down, shaken together, running over, he'll give it back. Now, our, our economy is not so limited, Right? But we have to get to the place to where when we know that God sent us to give something, that we are willing and able and, and with a good heart and a good attitude and be obedient and do exactly what God has asked us to do. Whether it's time, whether it's money, whether it's respect, whether it's forgiveness, I don't care what it is. 
I don't care what it is. When God asks us for something, we should be just, and what did she do? She did exactly that. So she went away and did what Elijah told her to do. So there was food every day for Elijah and the woman and her family, for the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. How amazing. How hard would it be that if you had come to the end of your rope to decide that this is my last meal with my family, please leave me alone, we're going to fix this bread and eat, that we can die, that you can then give that away. <clears throat> Same thing with Isaac, right? That I'm going to have my one son and I'm going to give him away. And God will take care of it. Man, I hope I can finish. <clears throat> I've said it before and I'll say it again. Abraham is a father of faith and God tested him to see if he was willing to give away his most <clears throat> precious thing that he'd ever been given. Right? The most precious thing he'd ever been given, would he give it to God? <clears throat> so that if you flip to John 3.16, that God so loved the world. The ge- <clears throat> Let's see if this works straight works. I don't think it does. So God could give away his own son. And what happened? Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. He gave away one son. And he gained all of y'all. But it costs something. It costs God something, right? We cost God something. Well, I'm going to tell you, when you write this stuff down, you go, oh yeah, I got that. I'm kill that at the end man it's hard the same thing david said i will not give god anything that didn't cost me something so then when i see and hear people talk about the creator of the universe or the author of my salvation in a derogatory manner y'all remember when peter cut that dude's ear off in the in the garden Nah, me and Peter, I need a stick. I need to beat on him. So when we give, we have to give generously, right? According to God's word, that we have to have faith that we know that when we give, it will be given back to us, right? As he gave Jesus as a sacrifice, that it was given back to him, and then all of us to come with it. All of the salvation of the human race came from that one gift, And I know it had to be hard. I know it had to be hard to give that gift. I know it had to be hard for that woman to give away that piece of bread. I mean, can you imagine it? We're going to eat this and we're going to die. And that's it. We're done. No, I need you to give that away too. So, I mean, I don't think any of y'all are are facing any of the the last three things, right? Right. And any, anybody in here worried about if they're going to eat today and then they're going to die or they're going to have to give away their child, whether it's Isaac or Jesus. I, mean, I don't think we're in that boat. But we have to know that when we give and give according to God's word, that it's valuable to him 
But it's also valuable to us. It's, it's the same measure that we use to give will be measured back to us. Like I said, it, it, it talks about money, but it can be lots of other stuff, right? So, <clears throat> I, I need a favor. We, I mean, we, we have a pretty good crowd here today, right, for us. That's good. We touch a lot of folks on Facebook. However, it has been down. And, and, I'm, and I don't care about views or anything else except for I want people to hear God's word. So I want you to ask, if you will, to share, like, or comment or whatever to help us get the gospel out, right? Because we can't help people who don't hear what we have to say, and we can't help people if we can't give them God's word. <clears throat> so it don't have to be this sermon. It can be another sermon or a different sermon or the praise and worship or whatever. That, that's, that's bonus extra. I just want you to think about sharing it on social media to where and 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 i know this is a tough one too possibly invite somebody to church with you next week you know come to church and invite somebody that that you know that would be awesome all right let's pray father we just thank you and praise you for your word we thank you that it will not return void it will accomplish what it was set to accomplish and we just give you the praise and honor and glory for it in jesus most precious name amen